It's showtime. Okay, Tokyo, South America, Australia, France, Germany, UK, Africa. Here we go. Head on with Bob Kincaid. Three hours of conversation, cussin' and a discussin' with America's only born and bred Southern liberal talk host. Head on with Bob Kincaid is brought to you each night by Coal River Mountain Watch. Coal River Mountain Watch invites you to become part of the solution, part of a sustainable future, part of the uprising against mountaintop removal. Coal River Mountain Watch, CRMW.net. And now, from high in the hills of beautiful West Bicod, Virginia, here's Bob Kincaid on the Head On Radio Network. Well, howdy. Here we go, off and running on this 7th day of December, 2022. This is the Horn, HeadOn.Live is where you find us on the interweb tubes. That's where you go if you'd like to be part of the Merry Wacky Zany Real-Time Madcap Multimedia Extravaganza that is the Horn chat room in three hours in which this program is live, Monday through Friday, 5 to 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 2 to 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, all time zones in between, and the Great Globe Round. And it is, in fact, where you go if you would like to, well, help out with the program over at the Contribute tab or on, in main, on the main page where the, uh, where the uh, uh, PayPal button is, the Patreon button and the mailing address are at the Contribute tab. But anyway, if you do pop into the chat room right now, you'll be greeted by early arrivers, Squeaky and Irish Dave and Anatole, and capably moderated there in the... Uh, fastness of his uh, of his agrarian empire our buddy Roger in Oregon thanks Roger for popping by on this uh, prayer meeting Wednesday oh and hi I'm Robin it is in fact prayer meeting Wednesday on the horn and well you know what uh, the fact of the matter is the little old blue haired ladies of whom I am one and the little old blue haired men we're all in a, a, a grateful mood today because, well, we didn't even have to stay up all, all night to find out that, in fact, there a, a slightly larger number of people in the state of Georgia have functioning brains uh, than um, the sl- slightly smaller minority of voters in Georgia who don't. The... the, the Long and the short of it is that uh, Walker, Texas Strangler, can now go back to Texas and collect his, I don't know, his, 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 his tax break on his mansion or whatever. Uh, Senator Raphael Warnock will, in fact, get his very own six-year term in the Senate of the United States. He will occupy that seat until 2028. And John Ossoff will occupy his until 2026. So good on you, Georgia. 
<laughs> you did it again. It, that's one of those things I never expected I would be saying any time in my life, that the uh, uh, Democratic voters of Georgia had managed to actually save the republic, not once, but twice. Yeah, but I don't want to get ahead of myself. Every program here at the Horn begins with gratitude. This program is no different. And so uh, with that in mind, we say thank you to our seventh day of the month subscribers via PayPal. That means uh, thank you. Thank you very much indeed. To uh, James. Thank you, James. Thank you so much. And um, also thanks to Cecilia. Thank you, Cecilia. And thank you ever so much to Lori. Thank you, Lori, and thank you, Cecilia, jumping in to uh, help out with the uh, Don't Make Santa Sad Challenge, courtesy of Cat in Ohio. Uh, we, 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 when, when we left off yesterday, there was uh, $230 to go on that, and now there is... Uh, $120 to go on that matching challenge, which would knock out uh, $600 of the deficit with which we are currently dealing and get us down to $890 for the uh, overall fundraising goal. That means that we would be, uh, well, th th that means, like I said before, that we would be done with last Thursday, done with last Friday, and be uh, $10 into Monday. So thank you ever, ever, ever so much uh, for that. It is so helpful. So uh, with another $120, we will, uh, uh, we will have met Cat's uh, Challenge, the Santa's Happy Holidays Challenge for, uh, uh, for two have a show on me's good luck. Don't make Santa cry. Thank you, Cat. Thank you so much. And, uh, well, where, where was I? Oh, yeah, uh, the people of Georgia. Oh, it's going to be one of those nights, isn't it? Behave yourself. So, uh, like I said, Raphael Warnock will have a full six-year term in the Senate of the United States. There are two, and, and uh, Brother Bishop Steve pointed this out uh, last night after the program. He said, I never thought I'd live to see the day when Georgia had two Democratic senators. Dare to dream. I've been saying it all along. So, uh, onward to 2024. Um, Oh, uh, by the way, Roger, if you don't mind, would you uh, bash brain, please? Brain bashing is ever so much fun on a Wednesday. Anyway, for me, and, and, and I'm being selfish here, for me, the best part of the Warnock victory is that we have 51 Democrats in the Senate now, which means that... Uh, Joe Manchin and his eternal search for a camera 
are kind of kiboshed. Oh, stand by. Sorry. Nobody needed to hear that. Um, but really, and, 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 and it, but it comes at some, with some wistfulness. I think what might have happened if we had actually put some effort, and by we, I don't mean you or me. I mean, okay, I think what might have happened, uh, I, I think about what might have happened if the Democratic National Committee had put just a little bit of effort into uh, the Buckeye State. Because it's still going to be galling in January to see Jerk Deluxe, the phony hillbilly, become an actual member of the United States Senate. It's, it's going to be actually nauseating. But from a strictly selfish point of view, uh, neutering Joe Manchin, well, it's extra special. And let's add this into the mix as well. Namely, how to put this? Kamala Harris doesn't have to be uh, sort of always on standby as a tiebreaker if you know if it's a vote that Joe Manchin actually participates in and votes the right way in. She will have to be handy just in, in, uh, if, if we have a case where Joe refuses to be a team player. But here's the weirdest part of it all. When you think about people like Walker, Texas Strangler, thanks for that one, Ron and Raleigh, and you think about uh, Dr. Mehmed Oz and Have You Seen This Dog?, And you think about, oh, who is it? Let's see, who's the other one? Um, oh, come on. What, who am I thinking of? Um, but at, at any rate, um, we have, we have the, oh, 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 of course, Blake Masters in Arizona, Stan. A lot of hard work went into getting Democratic candidates elected to the Senate. But I think we would be remiss. Um, I think we would be remiss if we did not note that there's every possibility in the world that we would be dealing with a... Uh, 52 to 48 Republican majority Senate if it were not for the efforts of one person. Just one person. And that person is, of course, Nitwit Nero. If he had not demanded, drummed up a majority in a primary for uh, Mehmet Oz and Blake Masters, And Walker, Texas Strangler, 
we'd be in a lot worse, uh, lot worse shape. And that's a hell of a thing to think about. But it's also noteworthy insofar as do we dare think that maybe that's a a, a bit of a, a bit of a commentary on what his powers are going to be in 2024? It's too early to say he's done. There are still people who are uh, uh, riding the Trump train, as it were. I think in particular about uh, that wild-eyed weirdo in Arizona, Carrie Lake. She showed up on Salem News. Salem News being a right-wing Christian broadcast outlet. Um, Where, well, she's still got her, well, every time she pulls her nose away, it's all brown on the end still. A massive voter fraud of this type and magnitude allows for the termination of all rules, regulations, and articles, even those found in the Constitution. Our great founders did not want and would not condone false and fraudulent elections. I agree with them on that. Can you imagine our founding fathers, what they went through to help bring about this great nation, seeing what happened in 2020, really seeing what's happening now in 2022, just saying, okay, well, I guess it didn't go our way, and I guess they they cheated. We know they rigged the elections, and they put in a bumbling fool who doesn't even have the mental capacity to run this country. Okay, just get over it. We'll just let the loser take the White House. I don't think that would happen. President Trump is saying we are in unprecedented times, and unprecedented measures are necessary. That, that is what he is saying. Oh, fuck off. So, Carrie Lake is still out there calling for the overthrow of the Constitution of the United States. Somewhere along the way, we're going to have to deal with this. And it's a, it's, 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 it's a, it's a question worthy of discussion. Does freedom of speech in the United States go up to and include advocating the violent overthrow of constitutional governance in this country? I mean, to the extent that you've had the American Communist Party and the Socialist Workers Party, and uh, yeah, I, I, I guess it does. You know, back in the early decades of the 20th century, um, Eugene V. Debs ran for president of the United States, and uh, and and at that time became uh, the. Uh, most popular independent candidate for the presidency, gathering more votes than any other independent candidate ever had, uh, and I think continued so up until John Anderson in, what, 1980? Um, And he ran from prison. Another little reminder. Nero can run for president from prison. 
But he was imprisoned because he was the socialist candidate and he had opposed the First World War. And he wanted a he, he wanted a socialist state for the United States of America, which presumably would have involved significant changes to constitutional governance. If you want to go down that road. Carrie Lake got beat in Arizona. Just like Donald Trump got beaten fair and square in November 2020. But they're part of a they're, they're, they're part of a movement that now says that any outcome we don't like is prima facie proof of a fraudulent election. She's an idiot. And as far as uh, President Biden being incompetent to the office, well, it's almost like Carrie Lake didn't watch the four years of the nitwit Nero maladministration. Now, did she? I remember when they said the same thing about Barack Obama. Because the Republicans had elected the dumbest man ever to occupy the White House at that time in the form of dim leader, Dumya. And they were seriously aggrieved by the fact that all over the world people were pointing out that, you know, they had elected a stupid person. And so they started talking about how, uh, you know, Barack Obama was an idiot. And now, of course, they're saying Joe Biden is an idiot when there's not a shred of evidence to suggest it. Stand by. But here we are. And where there's a Carrie Lake, there's a Don, and a Donald Trump, there are probably no probably about it. There are certainly millions and millions and millions and millions of other idiots. So we can talk about that later if you want to. Oh, and uh, thank you very kindly to uh, Charlene in Rogues Island. Uh, Charlene just got us down to $105 to go on the um, Merry Christmas Challenge, courtesy of Cat in Ohio. And Ralphs is adding to that challenge. Ralphs uh, said... Uh, I'll put up a $25 challenge for Raphael Warnock's victory. That's very nice. Thank you, Ralphs. So uh, $130 now will answer both challenges. And that will get us down to, let's see, $840. $840 to go in our, uh, relative to our deficit. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I really appreciate the help. We all do. So we're going to have an one extra vote in the Senate. And who knows what the next two years will bring. But we know that the maggot house, to the extent that they, they're able to even get their shit together... that they won't be able to do that much damage.
You know who knows why Walker, Texas Strangler, lost? Yeah. The brain trust of the Republican Party. I'm talking about Marginal Trailer Queen. She showed up uh, with uh, uh, Stevie Three Shirts, the man who looks like rancid hot dog water smells, and explained what Hirsch did wrong. Uh, This isn't hockey puck material, but do be prepared for uncontrolled paroxysms of laughter. With all that going on Capitol Hill, tie that... And let's be blunt. This was a disaster in Georgia, right? This is a Senate seat we should have won. Uh, so connect the dots. You're, you're a Georgian. Uh, you uh, The 14th district is one of the key districts in the state of Georgia, particularly for MAGA. Give us your assessment of tying those two together. Well, let me lay this out real clear for everyone to understand. Okay, and this is especially that, for the campaign consultants with the 30,000 view where they look down on Georgia and arrogantly think they know how to win races in our state. This is for Mitch McConnell and Lindsey Graham and the rest of the Republican senators. You guys are the reasons why we are losing Republican races all over the country. And this is your third loss in my home state. So let me inform you on behalf of Georgia, this is your third strike and you're out. You don't belong in our state running key races anymore. No, thank you. We don't want your help. Let me let you know something, Steve. I was never asked very often by the Herschel Walker campaign to come speak at any of his campaign events. Time out. Hold on. What does that mean? That's a little bit of word salad there. I was never asked. Okay, never is a fairly well-defined word. I was never asked very often to come and speak on behalf of Herschel. Never asked very often. Anybody want to help with that? Yeah, because having a hard time. Never asked very often. They only asked me to come to maybe two, I think, two or three in my own district when he was campaigning um, all over the state running for Senate. But they only asked me a couple of times in my own district. Oh, okay. She handled it for us. Never asked very often. So never asked very often equals twice in her own district. And it probably wasn't the worst strategy. I mean, obviously, the people who live in Georgia's 14th congressional district... uh, uh, well, they uh, apparently walk around with uh, one hand scratching their ass and the other up to their knuckle, uh, up to the up to the first knuckle in their nose. I guess that would be the people you would want to encourage. But but then again, how 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 much? Do, I mean, is 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 Marge? Where's where's Steve when I need him? Is, is Marge a huge political celebrity in Georgia? I mean, who, was, who was Marge going to bring along that wasn't already coming? The maggots were going to vote. She would be, what, um, gilding the poop on the Capitol walls? 
which I find extremely insulting. You know, I was born in middle Georgia in Baldwin County. I went to, I went to school um, inside the perimeter of Atlanta in DeKalb County, and I lived in North Atlanta suburbs for well over 25 years. I have a very good understanding of Georgia. My Very good. Not just a good, a very good understanding, yes. Uh, and and black like Marge, right? If she spent all that time in Georgia, where 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 did she get that accent? Because I've kind of been all over Georgia a few times. I've been to Savannah. I've been down to Brunswick. I've been to Statesville. I've been to Atlanta. <sighs> And I ain't never heard a Georgia accent that sounds like Marge here. Uh, Ron and Raleigh at the subject line, no traction. When Marginal Trailer Queen tried to run in Atlanta, she couldn't get any traction. That's why she ran in the 14th District. Because people in Atlanta were way too smart for her. My home state. I've got family all over South Georgia, Middle Georgia, and I absolutely love the district I represent in Northwest Georgia, Georgia's 14th district. But the audacity and, and really the frank rudeness of the campaign consultants and Mitch McConnell and Lindsey Graham, where they thought, you know, we're going to keep Marjorie Taylor Greene away from Herschel Walker, and, and we don't need her voice at his campaign rallies and events um, where we're campaigning all of this all over the state, I think is a really major mistake and an insult to me and an insult to, our, to, to people who support me and Republicans all over Georgia. Well, Marge, why don't you take a white glove and go up and just slap Mitch McConnell with it and challenge him to a duel. You, you do that, Marge. I, I, now, maybe I'm just reading too finely between the lines, but something here tells me that, say, oh, long about mm, 2026. God, we're talking about 2026, and 2022 is not even over. He... Um, Long about 2020, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if she would. That girl wants to be a senator. I mean, if jerk deluxe phony hillbilly Vance can be a senator from the Buckeye State, then this nasal nightmare has a chance in Georgia. I mean, maybe she can accuse John Ossoff when he runs for his second term. Maybe she can accuse John Ossoff of... Uh, I don't know, launching the Jewish space lasers. Because I don't have a popularity problem in my home state. Mitch McConnell and Lindsey Graham do. And they're, they, these consultants, they've lost plenty of times, and they, they really, no one should hire them again. And the, the millions of dollars that they've made off of these campaigns, they should give it back to Republican donors for wasting their money. And that's exactly how I feel about it. That Senate seat was extremely important, important to not only Georgia, but important to the entire country. And here's another thing. They told President Trump to stay out of Georgia. That was another major mistake. And then the same are out there running around trying to blame President Trump today. Yeah, get that nose up in there real good, Marge. Well, they should have invited him to Georgia to campaign with Herschel Walker. They should have invited me to campaign with Herschel Walker more because I'm the only Republican woman elected from the state of Georgia on a federal level. And I would have helped out, but I do want to let you know I helped out anyways. And the 14th District had the highest turnout for this
God, she's a shake-and-bake commercial. And I helped. Might be more convincing if she actually had the accent runoff uh, race yesterday. So I'm very proud of my district. I'm very proud of our voters that turned out. And I'm proud that I still sponsored ads. I still promoted Herschel Walker and campaigned for him while they rejected my help pretty much everywhere else. They brought down horrible Republican senators like Joni Ernst, who came down to Georgia and basically went on her little apology tour promoting uh, her horrible votes in the Senate. And then, you know, this this is how they Wow, she's really making friends, isn't she? She's just dissed the Senate minority leader, and now she... Marge, don't you... Joni is from Iowa, and Joni is a noted hog castrator. I would be... Well, not saying. Just saying. They look down on Georgia, though. They don't understand our state at all. It was only in the last few weeks of Herschel Walker's campaign where they actually wanted Bryant, Governor Brian Kemp's uh, ground team, actually wanted their help and asked for their help. You know, Brian Kemp won with a landslide because he's popular in our state. He's done a good job, but they didn't really want them involved until the last few weeks. I mean, even, even Governor DeSantis, I think they finally got a tweet out of him the night before the election. So this is the message that people in Washington need to understand. This is the message for the know-it-all Republican consultants. You don't know how. I mean, this is a five-minute diatribe. What do you What do you reckon? What do you reckon Stevie Three Shirts was doing doing during that five minutes? I mean, personal hygiene wasn't. No. But he just drops, the, that's the thing with having Marge on, you You drop the nickel in and you walk away and just see which kind of bats are going to fly out of her mouth. How to run races in Georgia, all you know how to do is lose. And we are very angry today. We're extremely angry today. Georgia is not a blue state. We're not a purple state. We're a red state. We just need the right candidates. We need the right campaigns and we need the right support. And it needs to be Georgia all the way homegrown. That's exactly how it needs to be. So, yeah, because she because she's homegrown, Marge. Yeah, she. Grew up a poor white child in the 14th Congressional District of Georgia, as Ron and Raleigh pointed out. Yeah. Mitch McConnell and the senators up here in Washington, they're the problem in the Republican Party. And the way they legislate, the way they vote, and the messaging that they give, it does not inspire voters to vote. It doesn't even turn independence. And that's the problem that we have up here in the Senate. Yeah, that, that, that is a problem. They didn't turn independence. Or, or, maybe, or maybe independents and Democrats heard every word she said and, and realized oh, that, you know, the Herschel campaign said, and God knows they've been hearing from uh, Little Miss Three Names for a couple of years. And, you know, you know, we need to get out to the polls. It doesn't matter if we have to stay in the freezing rain. We're not going to go anywhere. We're going to vote. It doesn't matter if, it, if we have to pass out from heat prostration or, 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 or simply lack of hydration because it's a felony to give somebody standing in line in Georgia a bottle of damn water, we're going to vote. 
because we cannot bear the idea of being responsible for sending a stone-cold idiot who wants to be a werewolf to the Senate of the United States. Ah, Jesus, Marge, sit down and shut the up. Just last, I want to go back to something you said because all they're saying, uh, you know, they got guys quoted. This is the end of Trump. That this is Trump's uh, downfall. They're all blaming Trump, but they blocked President Winter Trump Dong. from coming into Georgia at all, which he's enormously popular. Even in the stolen election of uh, the stolen election of 2020, it was only a few thousand votes, right? I mean, this <laughs> the stolen election of 2020. Yeah. <sighs> You, 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 you do you, Stevie Boo. Guy's enormously popular in Georgia. They keep him out, yet they blame him today. Your thoughts on that? Exactly right. President Trump got the most amount of votes of any Republican president in United States histories. So those guys are a joke and they're liars. If they want to blame President Trump for this, they are blind and they're fools. They're just never Trumpers. They always were. They always have been and they always will be. And so yeah, but here's the problem. He's Trump. The last, uh, the, the last few weeks when he could have been barnstorming Georgia, yeah, he wasn't. There was nobody who could say, don't come up here and have him not show up. But the problem was, he was too busy licking his wounds because he got his ass handed to him all over the country. The, the reason that there's not a 60-vote Republican majority in the House of Representatives is entirely nitwit Nero. The reason it's not 52 to 48 in the Senate of the United States is absolutely nitwit Nero. It, yeah, it, it is kind of adorable, isn't it, Ralphs? Oh, my God, she's whining. Well, that's because she's a whiny little Georgian. You know, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta play to your strengths. But all over the country today, people are wondering what on earth, what on earth happened. But I don't think they're wondering that much about how a genius like Walker, Texas Strangler, didn't win that race. But we can celebrate for a day or so. And then it's back to work because Republicans never take the day off. I'm waiting for the great, uh, the, the great and bitter cries of uh, election fraud to. But they're going to be hard pressed to make that in Georgia because all the, all the, all the election, uh, all the election chicanery and skullduggery inured to uh, Herschel. 
plain and simple. And, you know, even some Republicans are willing to uh, kick Herschel while he's down. Earlier today, there was a press conference about the defense budget, and uh, Indiana Republican Senator Mike uh, Brown decided to uh, offer up his take on why the Georgia runoff went the way it did. And the best part of it was uh, National Republican Senatorial uh, Committee Chairman Rick Skeletor Scott was standing right behind him when Mike Brown figuratively turned around and poked a finger in his eye. Candidate quality does count. And then you could never have anything that's going to resonate generally if there's not a clear plan of what you're for. We are basically for nothing, and we complain about it along the way, and then say, well, maybe we'll tell you after we're uh, elected. It's not going to work. Democrats are political enterprisers. This place is kind of their growth business and cathedral all wrapped into one. We are flat-footed, and we're going to keep seeing the same results if we don't do something different. What would that different thing be? Maybe may, maybe try to reclaim your party from Nitwit Nero. Maybe stop you know, stick maybe stick a tennis ball in Stevie Three Shirt's mouth and go around his head about 18 times with some duct tape. Saturday Night Live, their cold opening, no spoiler, uh, featured Mitch McConnell and 3X Marsha and John Cornyn inviting Herschel in the waning days of the runoff campaign uh, to open open this here door, look at well, it used to be my panic room, Herschel, but it's all yours now. And locking him away so that he could do no further damage. I wonder how many Republicans are wishing that Nitwit Nero and Carrie Lake and Steve Bannon and 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 the rest of the maggot faithful would just go away. Because, well, they might win more without him. And that, that in turn brings up a rather terrifying thought. Namely, uh, what, happens, what, what happens if Nitwit Nero fades away? What happens, say, between now and 2024 if, since she's got nothing better to do, uh, Liz Cheney is crisscrossing the country, lambasting Donald Trump every chance she gets? I don't want her to run for president unless she runs in the Republican primaries and runs up all the way to the end just absolutely gutting him and then bows out and goes away. Yeah, some polling data indicates that if she were to run as an independent or something like that, 
Nitwit Nero, if he were the nominee, would be reelected. So it is a it, it's a dangerous game. But I don't think I, I I think I think Liz Cheney. While I would not trust her with uh, much in the way of uh, power, would have a role to play. Adam Kinzinger is well equally, I guess, at sixes and sevens. He's got not a lot to do. It could be a. Uh, they they could they they could be profound forces for good if they actually want to be good. Um, Stephen New York says, Georgia, honestly, I love to hear marginal trailer queen cry and piss and moan and blubber and fart and burp. Republican tears taste good. Yeah, they're, well, you know, umami, the, the, the flavor umami is said to be the perfect combination of sour and sweet and bitter and I, I suspect these these maggot tears probably have a pretty high um, uh, umami content. Oh, mommy! So this is. Uh, This is a nice Wednesday. Uh, sorta. And there's a... There's a story out of Germany today that I couldn't help thinking about as I uh, what about the business of gathering up today's perspective stack o news today uh, in Germany all across the country law enforcement officials went uh, went around rounding up some 25 people um, who had engaged in a plan to violently overthrow the German government. Maybe Germans are just particularly sensitive to these ideas. But it, just to be, it, it was not some. Uh, it, it was it wasn't some uh, commie plot. No, no, the greatest threat to world uh, stability now is right wing fascism, and these were fascists. Going as far back as, uh, well, November of twenty twenty one. Uh, German uh, far-right assholes, in particular, something called the Freedom Party. That's the uh, that's an Austrian party. Um, we're pulling together 
rallies, and and I mean we know this in our own right here. Yeah, you know, rallies against attempts to keep COVID from spreading. In Vienna, they put up signs like uh, "Stop im Fascismus," which means "Stop vaccine fascism." Kontrolliert die Grenze nicht euer Volk. Control the border, not your people. Sound familiar? Should. Uh, there was one idiot, at least, at one of these rallies waving a, a, a Q sign. Similar rallies were held in ne- the Netherlands, Italy, Germany, Croatia. And they had a... Uh, I guess they 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 had an, a, 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 a franchise in Germany. And so, as I said today, uh, with more than 3,000 police officers, uh, as well as special forces, there were 130 early morning uh, uh, searches across 11 of the 16 federal states in Germany. It was, in fact, one of the largest counterterrorism operations in the history of Germany, especially modern non-Nazi Germany. Among other things, they rounded up a, a nobleman with a historic royal title. And hearkening back to January 6th here, they, uh, they detained several veterans of the German armed forces. And while they did not name the actual, uh, the actual party or group itself, the focus of what was done in Germany was on the Reichsbürger, which is a movement of Reich citizens. And surpri- not at all surprisingly, uh, they are up to their eyeballs in conspiracy theories about what the modern German state is all about. In addition to the homes searched, 27 more uh, uh, homes were also searched uh, under the suspicion that they too were members of the movement. Um, They've got a court date today and tomorrow. German Interior Minister Nancy Faisa wrote on Twitter, We defend ourselves with all strength against the enemies of democracy. These people are driven by fantasies of violent overturn and conspiracy ideologies. They hate democracy. They hate the state. Further investigations will give a clear picture of how far the coup plans had progressed. The ostensible nobleman with the royal title was... uh, Heinrich the Thirteenth Prince Royce, uh, he was uh, he he was arrested, and German prosecutors say that the uh, the group was founded in November 2021 
which coincides with the rallies across Europe of the Freedom Party. The prosecutor's office said earlier today, the members of the association are aware that this project can only be realized through the use of military means and violence against state representatives. The suspicion that individual members of the association have made concrete preparations to forcibly invade the lower house of the German parliament, the Reichstag, or the Bundestag, with a small armed group. Where have we heard this before? Uh, The details are yet to be worked out, the prosecutor's office said. But they were far enough into their conspiracy that it made sense to round them up and deal with them. And as as I read the story, I was reminded that we now know that weeks in advance of January 6th, the Secret Service, the FBI, knew damned good and well what was going on and let it continue. Out of some misguided vision of legal process in this country. Well, I'm sorry, we can't help you until they do something. We can't stop them from overturning the government until they try to overturn the government. Until they try to overturn the government. Never realizing that the planning to overturn the government is a crime. That planning, you don't have to wait until the terrorists accomplish their terrorist act to, to interdict the terrorist act. And here we are. Stephen, New York, said, German plot. I heard a professor today talk about this. This particular group is an outlier on the right in Germany. Apparently, this group does not think that the 1949 German uh, Grundrecht, this is the German constitution whose literal translation is basic law, and its re-ratification in 1990, they don't recognize the German government, print their own driver's license, and don't assert that the German government does not have jurisdiction over them. Uh, Sounds familiar? Sovereign citizen? Anyone? And Steve adds, generally speaking, any German royalty, they still exist, are very supportive of the German state and are, in fact, rather lefty in many instances. This group had to look around, and a righty person of royal lineage, uh, Prince Heinrich XIII, was their guy. Yeah, Germany's probably got a good bit of royalty left rolling around uh, simply because of... Once upon a time, before there was an actual Germany, there were a whole bunch of shitty little uh, principalities. So that means you got Prince this and Princess that, probably in uh, considerable profusion. But I I saw that news and I thought, hmm. I wonder uh, I wonder if we could do something like that. And then I ran into another story and I went, no. 
According to the Associated Press today, long before he was arrested on a bomb threat plot last year, Anderson Aldrich was already on the radar of the FBI. The Associated Press report noting, authorities said the person who would later kill five at a Colorado gay nightclub, oh, come on, really, Associated Press? A Colorado LGBTQ space, nightclub, was on the FBI's radar a day before being arrested for threatening to kill family members and blow up their home, but agents closed out their case just weeks later. The disclosure by the FBI to the Associated Press creates a new timeline for when law enforcement was first alerted to Anderson Lee Aldrich as a potential danger. The uh, AP article noting previously, it was thought Aldrich only became known to authorities after making a threat on June 18, 2021. And as I think I mentioned yesterday, he's been hit with some 305 charges that include hate crime charges, 48 of them. Um, the 48 hate crime offenses are one for each person in the building when he began shooting. And, of course, this in turn uh, back references to the fact that Anderson Aldrich could have been stopped under under Colorado's red flag law, but, uh, well, El Paso County, Colorado's sheriff doesn't like it and won't enforce it. Sounds like he's got a little bit of a taste of the constitutional sheriff about him. Because they wanted El Paso County to be, and I mean local officials declared it to be, a Second Amendment sanctuary. So that federal gun regulations and even state gun regulations would go unenforced. So given the way the FBI operates here in regard to Anderson Aldrich, and given what the Secret Service and the FBI knew well in advance of January 6th, and given the fact that an assistant deputy director of the FBI had to correct over and over and over and over again, uh, numerous FBI agents who were and and employees who were sympathetic to the uh, terrorists who attacked the Capitol on January the sixth. Well, it's time for me to say it again. We got a lot bigger Nazi problem in this country than we think we have, or most of us think we have. The Club Q slaughter did not have to happen. There was event after event after event. The bomb threat could have triggered the red flag law. The the uh, shrieking and barking and hooting and grunting in the airport could have triggered the red flag law. But to officials of Colorado Springs, Colorado, and El Paso County... Anderson Aldrich's access to firearms was more important than LGBTQ lives.
It is as simple as that. And honestly, whether it's January the 6th or, or, or Club Q, there, need to be, there needs to be hearings in the Senate on just how compromised the FBI and the Secret Service are. A story may have escaped your attention. It almost did mine in the last week. That uh, what's his name, Tony Honorato, Nitwit Nero's dude on January sixth, who told Nitwit Nero that wasn't no way anybody was going to let him go to the Capitol on January sixth. Suddenly, he doesn't remember that anymore. Funny how that happens. Subject line Heinrich the Thirteenth. Flavio asks, "Why don't we go after our Nazis?" I suspect it would be mean going after half or more of the Congress and much of law enforcement, FBI, NSA, etc. The rot is very deep here. Well, you and I are in complete agreement, Flavio. The problem is far worse than anyone, most anyone, is willing to acknowledge. Because the free percenters and the oath keepers and the proud boys have been allowed to run wild and recruit for all they're worth. Remember, proud boys recruitment shot through the roof in the days immediate and weeks immediately following Nitwit Nero telling them to stand down. And stand by. But we didn't, under some perverse notion of freedom of association. It's a hell of a thing. And quite honestly, When they do it again, like I said in yesterday's program, they may not do it on Capitol Hill. They've moved on in a sense. They've moved on to substations in Pine in in uh, Moore County, North Carolina. I don't even know if power's been restored there yet. They've moved on to drag venues. Yeah, you're right. You're right, Ralphs. Uh, Nitwit Nero did say, stand back and stand by. It does not bode well. Remember, says Ron and Raleigh, 
A few years ago, the FBI set up a group of young black men with the wherewithal to commit a terrorist crime and then arrested them despite the whole plot being put in motion by the FBI. You see, if you're black, you can preemptively arrest folks. Oh, I know. I read, quite honestly, Ron, maybe you've seen this, uh, one of the most bizarre and convoluted stories that I have lately seen uh, came out of Vice News. And I plowed all the way through to the end. This was a big one. About a a, a group of... Whew, yeah. Uh, real live ones. Uh, in a, a, well, a, a black community, and I'm not—I I don't want to be misunderstood in this regard. But Jesus H. Christ, I mean, wow. Um, like I said, it's a lot to—it's a lot to go into. But um, the bottom line is the sovereign citizen movement has found its way to certain you know, loopy organizations in the uh, fringes of the black community. This thing just blew my mind. Uh, Vice, the, the story at Vice is titled, An online prophet claims to be a god. His followers keep getting arrested. And it centers on a guy named uh, Rashad Jamal. Uh, eight of his followers having been arrested. And uh, among other people, uh, there was a couple who were hiking in the Chiha National Forest in Alabama and one of this guy's followers came up and tried to murder them both managed to murder the guy and these these this this particular group believes that Bill Gates is trying to dim the sun. Not kidding. Um, and they call themselves uh, gods and goddesses, the leaders do. Got big followings on Instagram. What they've gotten, what, what they've what they've latched onto relative to Bill Gates is trying to dim the sun, is something called the uh, Solar Geoengineering Program, uh, being researched at Harvard. Uh, scientists there are trying to 
figure out if it would be possible to spray aerosols into the atmosphere to reflect sunlight back into space. And this is, this is an idea that would be used if everything else to deal with climate change fails. And just like the sovereign uh, white sovereign citizens, they don't need no driver's license and they don't need, uh, you know the drill. There's an outfit called the University of Cosmic Intelligence where, and, uh, where they do things like uh, selling crystals. They say that they're not bound by the laws of the United States and that having a, an, an ID of any form means allegiance to the state. They have bought in lock, stock, and barrel to the idea of birds aren't real. We talked about that uh, goofy theory a while back. You know, it was it was a deliberate prank that certain people who are prone to believe literally incredible things are more than happy to believe. There was one video of one of the dudes. Uh, cutting the head off a pigeon and saying, see, no blood. I captured it. I killed it. I cut its head off. No blood. Another follower of the group is accused of killing his own mother with a sword. That, of course, happened in Alabama. And, of course, the leader, Jamal, has been in jail in Georgia uh, on charges of sexually abusing the child of the woman that he was with before he got with the woman he's with. On the other hand, on YouTube, he says he was arrested because the oppressors are trying to expose the, their uh, uh, because he was trying to exp expose their lies, plots, and plans within their satanic kingdom of the oppressors. This is an, and and this is a really deep dive. But the more important part is that there is. Oh, oh, and by the way, another thing they believe: rainbows are stargates, and the federal government is shutting down the stargates. Ron and Raleigh tells me, uh, I did see the article i just had to bypass bypass that because i don't need to read any more crazy shit i i can't blame you because the fact of the matter is i got i got all the way to the end of that article and i felt fairly confident that i had just uh, uh guzzled at least a pint of rot gut tequila mexican gasoline through through a swirly straw um Subject line, Bill Gates, Jeremy in Vermont, says, hold on a sec, maybe they're right. It's rained here for two days, haven't seen the sun, it's been barely dark. Yeah, it's, I think the sun was dimmed here today, too. I mean, today was one of those Shakespeare days, you know, one of those Richard III days when the clouds have lowered upon our housetops. 
kind of grim. But I must confess, I had to take uh, I had to take my daughter to a, a doctor appointment earlier today over in Beckley. And even on a grim day like this, I can say that there is a certain majesty to the New River Gorge. All the green is gone now. Soon will come. This is we're we're about the right time of year. Soon will come what I call the scrubbing wind, and there won't be a leaf left on a tree that isn't an evergreen. And the uh, eight hundred, well, call it nine hundred feet down to the down to the surface of the river and the gorge uh, was absolutely. It, it was it was like it was haunted because there were thin, wispy clouds like ghosts flitting hither and thither into and out of the creases of the mountains and the hollers. And like I said, I try to be mindful of that uh, when, I, when I cross the bridge now because I'm very fortunate in many ways to live where I live, yet notwithstanding the government of this state. But you really can't oppose bad governance with worse conspiracy theories. But I know what you mean about gray and rainy. Everywhere you step outside here right now, it's, it, 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 it squishes. And I'd best be careful and knock wood. But it, when, when it gets like this, I mean, it was 64 degrees here today now. There's no such thing as climate change. And I found myself thinking, if it weren't for the fact that I have to be on the road, I think I'd rather this wet slop be uh, actual snow. At least it's pretty-ish. Stephen New York noting, uh, Bill Gates, uh, damn he's busy. Nanoprobes in vaccines and now dimming the sun? What's next? Some sort of ubiquitous subpar operating system on computers that periodically flashes a bright, bright blue screen? Okay, Steve. You earned that one. I love the description. Some sort of ubiquitous subpar operating system on computers that periodically flashes a bright blue screen. Yes, and, 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 and he, can, he can convince us through Bill Gates' mind control that... That flashing blue screen is actually a window. As to the University of Cosmic Intelligence, Steve says, is that the Harvard of Scientology? No, I, I think it's the... Uh, I think it's the draw spunky on the matchbook of Scientology, Steve, actually. Uh, um, and uh, then Kim in New York, hey, Kim... Uh, the poison emanating from the United States. Do you know if any entity or researcher has tracked the route that the fomenting of anti-mask, anti-lockdown propaganda fervor and subsequently morphed into anti-vaxxer bullshit took around the world beginning in March 2020? It would be fascinating and quite informative to call through all the reporting that was done at the time to identify where it started and what countries became infected with that poison. I bet it would parallel the route that the popularity of fascism has taken in the last two and a half years. I'm pretty sure you're right, and I'm pretty sure I know where it came from. You know the answer. Of course. Mother Russia. 
because the entire Russian state is little more than a disinformation factory. And their troll farms are active everywhere. They're active, they're active in uh, real-time chats on, oh, Call of Duty. I remember as far back as uh, the, the uh, uh, you know, back, back, back when uh, Al-Qaeda was going to turn every Walmart into a smoking, a smoking heap of rubble. And and a six foot a six foot six inch tall uh, Saudi with a portable dialysis machine was going to blow up our bridge. I I, re- I remember the warnings going out, and I was kind of perplexed and gobsmacked by them that they were actually communicating their plans through uh, through game chats. But it turns out to be a fairly effective way of. Uh, trying to fly under the radar. And the disinformation that got all over the United States and got all over Europe, you'll notice that the ones that were most particularly targeted were liberal democracies, and even when we're in the hands of of so-called conservatism, the base operating system is still considered to be liberal democracy. You know, when Pudi talks to his faithful, he paints the conflict as one between godless liberal democracy and good, God-fearing, decent, upstanding Mother Russia. Because one of the hinges of his grip on power is the extent to which he is in bed with the Russian Orthodox Church. And some of that work has been done, Kim. I don't have it off the top of my head, but I've read it along the way over the course of, you know, almost three years now. And in point of fact, the the Russian meddling has been going on since 2015. I'm sure Nitwit Nero would not like for anybody to actually recall that, but remember that Sergei Lavrov, who at the time was the Mother Russia ambassador to the United States of America, was a special guest of honor at the Republican National Convention in Cleveland, Ohio, in 2016. These are not terribly, terribly uh, complicated uh, breadcrumb trails to follow. And so I have Phil Robstered pa- uh, uh, well past the uh, top of the hour here. And so I'll take a moment and, and just, re- and I hate doing it. You hate hearing it. But we got 130 bucks to go to knock us down to only $840 for our fundraising hole. And I know it seems like we never we never catch up because we kind of never do. You know, if some miracle happened and uh, we we were fully funded for a month, I could shut up for a month, or maybe not, and maybe actually put this little program in the in in in, in the uh, position of not having to be a month to month effort. But 130 bucks will knock down 
our fundraising goal to $840 and get us funded all the way into at least the beginning of this week. So, you know, that's 13 people at 10 bucks. And there are more than 13 people listening to this program. Don't tell. Uh, it was in, and, and it's 26 at 5. There are also more than 26 people listening to this program. And I'm so, so grateful to uh, those of you who do make this program possible for people who uh, cannot help out either way if you don't mind please feel free to share the word of the program so that more people can participate and add their voices to the mix it is literally a case of the more the merrier oh and a reminder uh, I first mentioned it yesterday I've been talking with Thomas over at FYINation.com Do you have to say the .com anymore? I mean, yes, if you're delineating between .com and .org and .edu and .tv and .whatever. Um, but I've been t- I was, I was, and, and Thomas is busting his butt to try to create um, a platform that will uh, support, among other things, uh, this program and video for this program. Don't pick your nose, Robin. Don't pick your nose. Don't pick your nose. Don't pick your nose. I don't know what I'm going to do when the when the sneezing fits hit, but it'll all take place at Accurate Message. And as I mentioned yesterday, the app for Accurate Message on the uh, Google Play Store is already available, and efforts are underway to, as quickly as humanly possible, uh, get it to pass muster at the uh, Apple App Store. And Thomas would really appreciate it if folks would, uh, if you're using an Android device, or go to accuratemessage.com, he'd really appreciate it if you'd kind of help him test it and see if it's working right and and, and see if it's solid. Um, and it may it, it may be a way for us to uh, have an easily accessible app on a phone. wherein you will not have to any longer hear because when Tracy told me this yesterday I was just I, I was I was I, I was I was I was fit to kick furniture the idea that ExxonMobil ads are running in the mid- middle of this program on TuneIn is at least to me wholly and entirely nauseating so if we had some means whereby uh, members of the community could listen Via an app, because I know an app is easier sometimes than just going to the website. It's all about the browsers and whatnot. And, yes, I'm opening a opening a bottle of Fanta Pina Colada soda. That's what that hiss was. It's not Sam the Studio Serpent, Brother Deacon. Uh, I, I think it would be really nice. So I'm grateful to Thomas for trying uh, trying to do that, and let me know if you, let me know if you download it, and uh, let me know if it works. I mean, that's the it works part is really the key to 
everything else. By the way, happy news. We, we like our happy news. Overnight uh, and into the morning, progressive members of Congress and um, environmental rights, environmental justice campaigners, I count myself among that number. I was not involved with this, but, yeah, um, they succeeded in making sure that Joe to the Mansion Bourne's humongous oil and gas giveaway was left out of the National Defense Authorization Act, the NDAA. It was presented in the House, and Joe's precious giveaway wasn't there. And so uh, what we're talking about is the uh, it's the Energy Security and Independence Act, which has nothing to do with any of the words in it. Um, essentially permits or, or so-called reforms, that is, flings open the floodgates to uh, allow the energy, uh, the energy sector to pretty much do as it wishes. Dirty pipelines, land grabs, uh, humanity-threatening gas transportation, potential explosions wherever the pipeline goes, because it's not if the pipeline leaks, it's when the pipeline leaks. And it's not if the pipeline blows up, it's when the pipeline blows up. And it doesn't even, and the thing is, these things are so screwed up, they don't even require outside interference to blow up. Pipelines, as we have seen, time and time and time and time and time again, just blow up. It's what pipelines do. And the, one of the fondest dreams of Joe to the mansion born is to run these humongous high-pressure pipelines all over the mountain state and other places. And the whole thing was cooked up by, of course, the fossil fuel industry. And they thought they would poison pill the NDAA, but they did not manage to get it done in the House. And hopefully, when it goes to the Senate, it'll be a no-go there, too. So for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks, environmental justice and climate action groups have busted their asses to make sure that he did not have the necessary support from the uh, from the maggot senators in that body uh, Colin Rees who's the US program manager at Oil Change International issued a statement earlier today saying Congress was right to heed environmental justice leaders and reject Senator Manchin's deadly fossil fuel giveaway for the second time in three months. 
Reese went on to say, um, the, this dangerous legislation would do far more harm than good and be a deep stain on the climate legacy of any politician involved in its passage. Of course, Joe doesn't worry about deep stains on his um, legacy. Joe worries about things that will help people named Manchin. This certainly was not going to be good for the people of West Virginia, but it would be good for people named Manchin. And again, that political law that originated here and has yet to be disproven, Joe Manchin never does anything that would benefit anyone not named Manchin. Reese was clear saying fossil fuel expansion is incompatible with climate action. Uh, Bill McKibben, whom I know, said, uh, Tough night for Joe Manchin. His vanity pipeline isn't in the defense bill, and now that there's 51 Democratic senators, he's not quite the big man on campus that he used to be. I wonder how much damage he can still do, though. Uh, From time to time, we've seen people like Chris Coons of Delaware uh, stand with Joe. And, of course, as Randy Radar reminded us a little bit ago, Curtsy uh, and Kirsty Cinema is still right there in Arizona, Stan. The one thing about Curtsy and Kirsty and Joe, however, is that now they are both facing re-election in 24. Honor the Earth said the dirty deal to fast-track fossil fuels and dangerous extraction has been defeated for another day. We will keep organizing for a livable economy informed by indigenous values like respect for the water, land, and people. This most recent setback for Manchin's dirty energy giveaway is a monumental victory for the environmental movement whose strong opposition once again stopped this scheme in its tracks. This is inspiring. Uh, My friends over at Earth Justice, one of the best of the environmental organizations, um, the president there, Abigail Dillon, remarked, the dirty permitting deal did not belong in the NDAA or any other must-pass legislation, and we're pleased that it was not included in the latest text. We're grateful to the many members of Congress who have made their opposition clear to a bill that would set back progress on environmental justice and climate solutions. And even the uh, Congressional Progressive Caucus, well, they were a little late to the party, but they got there. Just before the NDAA was released on Tuesday, they said, uh, while many within the CPC are supportive of accelerating and expanding renewable energy transmission, Progressives have raised objections to a specific approach under consideration that entrenches new fossil fuel infrastructure, undermines judicial independence, rolls back environmental protection law, and impedes frontline communities' input or ability to contest polluting infrastructure in their areas, among other concerns. But everybody there... Everybody involved in this struggle 
agrees that, as is the case, you know, as I said earlier, we can take a day or so and celebrate uh, Senator Warnock's win, but we can't take much more than that. And the price, you know, the price of a livable planet is eternal vigilance against the machinations and shenanigans of Joe to the mansion born. To paraphrase Benjamin Franklin, Dr. Franklin, what kind of planet do we have? A habitable one, madam, if you can keep it. Ooh, I'm kind of proud of myself for that one. Well, Brother Deacon Asa tells me that the Accurate Message app is not up on uh, uh, in the Google Play Store. So if you go looking for it and you don't find it, that's why. Uh, in my conversations with Thomas, he told me that it had, it had gone up. Maybe it's caught somewhere in the uh, administrative architecture or something like that. Uh, thanks for letting me know, Brother Deacon. Uh, okay, so we are halfway through this prayer meeting Wednesday. I'm sorry we're not doing much in the way of prayer meeting, and, but the little old blue-haired ladies and the little old blue-haired men were up late last night, at first worrying about Reverend Warnock and then celebrating the fact that Reverend Warnock will stay in the Senate and the collective IQ of the Senate will not fall by orders of magnitude by virtue of uh, the presence of Walker, Texas Strangler. Okay, let's, um, let's run over to the stress line and see who we got. Hey, welcome to the program. Happy prayer meeting Wednesday, Robin. Well, hey, Dave. Happy prayer meeting Wednesday to you. I felt I was listening to the returns last night when uh, Senator Reverend Warnock ended up uh, talking to his faithful there locally. I figured I was going to church. Um, Feels a little it, like that, doesn't it? Be, it? It did feel like that. <laughs> I'm like, I mean, he even had me going, preach it, brother. <laughs> you know, so it must have had some of that. But, uh, but uh, I thought it was, I thought it was a, a well done, done speech. I didn't expect anything less from. Well, you, uh, you know, you don't you don't have to worry about Reverend Warnock. You don't have to worry about Reverend Warnock uh, talking about wanting to be a werewolf because werewolves can kill vampires. No, 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 you don't. And, and compare that to his opponent, uh, who seemed rather subdued. Although I, I I did notice one little fuck you to Donald Trump. Oh yeah. 
Herschel, uh, Herschel, to his credit, not somebody must have coached him on this for a little bit. Uh, acknowledged that he had lost, and that uh, people should respect their elected officials and respect the Constitution. And he encouraged them not to give up, not to hold their heads down, you know. The kinds of things that you would see a traditional politician say when they lose. Which surprised the hell out of me, but I I thought specifically mentioning his respect for the Constitution of the United States since uh, Nitwit Nero's... uh, fascist tendencies are on full display now. Um, Which brings me to a rather sad thing to report. My brother is still currently in the Netherlands. And he he is still as much a sovereign citizen, two-stepping moron as he's always been. Uh, He's talking about, oh, I think I'd like to move here. I'm thinking... Myself, I don't think that's going to be a good fit. <laughs> well, no, but maybe he already maybe he knows about the maybe he knows about the November twenty twenty one rally in the Netherlands. You know the fascist rally. Oh that, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. The the one where they were uh, flying the devil's diaper instead of the swastika. Uh, I don't. Oh, no, I don't. I don't, I don't. No, that was that was in that Poland. Was, no, th- th- this was November 2021, and it was an anti-vax rally and an anti um, anti-mask rally and an anti oh, uh, anti-lockdown rally. He'd be good stepping right alongside him because he's an anti-vaxxer. All the government. All the government. I need to ask what he thinks about his Lord and Savior calling for the termination of the Constitution. Dave, I know how that's going to play out. Uh, he didn't really do that. Uh, he didn't call for overturning the Constitution. He didn't call for terminating the Constitution. He just called for terminating parts of it. Because he'll just, you know, uh, it, no. uh, he'll he'll just he'll just uh, parrot the mouth-breathing remarks that Nitwit Nero has already burbled. Uh, I see. Because Nitwit Nero is what a dumb man thinks a brilliant man is. God. It, uh, pretty much. Anyway, the guy. Call from Christine today. Um, she had been uh, temporarily incommunicado. There was an issue with her electric bill, and they decided that at 32 degree weather was a fine time to cut the lights off. Um, she got that straightened out, but I had made arrangements with her health to bring her here if they couldn't get it straightened out. So I got lights and heat, you know. So we almost had a a broadcast from my blind instead of hers. Um, But uh, that got all straightened out. Lights are back on. She's 
She's safely at home. So Good. I have a feeling it was a, a miscommunication. I mean, they're, they're treating her like she's uh, visually impaired, and she's informed them that, yeah, she is. And I'm going to talk to her having copies of her bills sent to my address so that if something is in the offing, I can let her know, hey, honey, you need to take care of this, you know. Because I have a feeling somewhere in the, when they make it to her, her reader's not reading it or she's misplacing it and then finds it later, things like that. Um, she really needs to go back to Chicago and get a little more training. But that's like pulling teeth. Yeah. So, but she's doing well. Um, my, uh, my niece is in, in Vegas with her husband. They're, they're escaping some of the cold weather. And if she's like her great-grandmother, she'll drop a few quarters slots to keep keep the uh, Vegas economy rolling. Um, but, you know, I, I think Martin is you know, uh, uh, an idiot. I mean, we've already mentioned my brother, so we might as well mention his goddess in waiting, Marjorie Trader Green Teeth. Um, when does that woman ever shut the fuck up? I honestly couldn't tell I mean, you. I I literally um I I exactly what I said, but let let me put it to you this way. I paraphrased Dan Aykroyd talking to Jane Curtin. I'm not proud of it, but I did. Um, Jane, you ignore... Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I, I said I wasn't going to repeat it. I, I have a question, Robin. When you're drinking the gasoline type the tequila in this swirly straw... Are you using a hot pink metal straw? Oh no, 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 no. This is this is this is this is only the cheapest plastic uh that is absolutely filled with uh uh PFAS. But the gold carcinogen, you know. That that's gotta be bad for you. Well, but the the thing is the the the, the, the rot gut Mexican gasoline uh, tequila uh, would would corrode a metal straw. We all know the plastic ones don't even biodegrade. That that's true, and, and uh, if they're the type, you don't want aluminum corrosion because it's it's a uh, it, it's like a black, oily substance. Um, 
my crutches are made out of aluminum, and over the years, had aluminum oxide stains on my shirts and such from walking. So, yeah, I really don't want that kind of corrosion in your body. Um, but I, I was just wondering, because I'm thinking, well, what would we help? Well, obviously, normally you would use a metal straw like you do with your water and such. But uh, I figured you'd use a hot pink uh, uh, for like, uh, for oh, uh, yeah, all, everything, yeah, uh, or else it's a, it's a sort of an abstract rainbow um, scheme, color scheme, oh, kind of a, or, the, or, the or, or, or you know the blue white pink, or the blue white pink. Oh no, that would look good. That would look good. Um, the uh, gee, this is. Week in a row that I have not mentioned anything gross. Uh, I haven't had to put out the days on the air warning for billable. Uh, I must, I must be slipping. Uh, but uh, yeah, uh, that that woman. You know, there's a there's a Herschel's people didn't want you there, uh, Marjorie. It, it, uh, they've already got one bad shit crazy person to deal with. They don't need to wrangle two of you. The same event. <laughs> there, there's not enough sedative uh, darts available. Uh, so, from what I understand, she's not from the 14th district. She just moved in there because she figured. Well, it uh, yeah, as Ron, as Ron and Raleigh pointed out, she tried to run in the in the in the metro Atlanta area and could get no traction at all because, well, they were too intelligent for her. Any Georgia accent of any part of Georgia I've ever heard. Precisely my uh, point. Which makes me wonder if she might not have spent some time in the Midwest, let's say around Ohio, uh, because it's not even a it's not even a Hoosier accent. That that that's more. She's got more of that Ohio girl. Now, now listen. Don't don't get the Ohio contingent on me. I'm already in trouble enough for saying Ohio and the Buckeye State. Stop helping. Well, all right, all, all, all right. Being helpful. The reason it might sound a little weird to most English speaking people is there were a lot of settled in Ohio in the Ohio Valley. And and so there are even of um, German to English uh, translation. Um, 
I noticed it in Cincinnati. People often say, please, when they're asking a question. Uh, and um, that, that comes from the German. And a lot of my family comes from that part of the country. Yeah, you answered bitte? And they were German. So I'm beginning to wonder if she might not have been, at least lived a good portion of her life in, in the Midwest. And that might have, you know, muddled her accent a bit. But unless there's an accent for stupid, and I don't think there is, because stupid is universal. Um, I, I would ask her to step back a little bit in case the, 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 the Jewish space lasers decide to take some pot shots for the holidays. Well, you know, she could say, she could, no, 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 don't just, don't just be, don't just be focusing on the Jewish space lasers, Dave. She could always, she could always send the, send the gazpacho police after you. Well, you know, I am rather hungry. And, uh, and, and, and you don't want that. Gazpacho. You don't want that gazpacho. Believe you me. I said a good gazpacho, not not one that would come from Marjorie. No, no. no besides, little blue-haired old ladies would probably send me a blistering letter going, "Don't you even dare!" And I do not want to do. That. So, there. And Bill, for two weeks in a row, I've been, I've been decent to your midday snack. So, uh, 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 I'll try to do this through Christmas, but I've not promised him anything. Mind you, mind you to the community. Grateful but, we uh, are. <laughs> but, uh, so we haven't heard anything from uh, Jesse Lee or any of the other usual. No, not a lot, not a lot of Jesse Lee out there. I, I think he, I think he, well, honestly, I think he got a little bit quiet after he got caught with a man in his mouth. Well, that never, that that never stopped us. But. Uh, Not nothing from Jake Dalton or any of those guys. Sorry, everybody's getting quiet now. Huh? Oh, there's a bunch of things. The the, the maggots are going to be quiet about. Uh, how long has it been since you heard a Republican mention inflation? Now that they're responsible for it. Uh, yeah. Come to think of it. Uh, I believe the last time I heard about inflation was November 7th of this year. That was there the last go. time I heard That's the last time I heard a Republican mention that. I don't know what happened the next day. Uh, it just, it's this red wave. Yeah. It looked more like a 
trickle on the on on the ground, and yeah, it didn't look too too uh, healthy. It was a little sluggish, but uh, you know, I never understood how they could how uh, my junior senator could. Say, well, we don't have any ideas and have no idea why he doesn't have any ideas. But then I did kind of call one time and ask for some help finding the uh, organizational chart for the Continental Air Force. And the local office was not Battle of Bowling Green. Right, and uh, and I also wanted to ask if uh, if uh, they had photos from that uh, wedding in April of '45 in, in Berlin, where his great aunt and great uncle got hitched. Um, and, and believe it on uh, Google, there are people who ask if he's related to Abraham. Uh, here's a piece of trivia for you. You'll enjoy this. Uh, the 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 famous and famously racist AF legendary basketball coach of the uh, University of Kentucky Wildcats, Adolph Rupp. Uh, he used to refer to himself as Uncle Adolph. <laughs> well, Bobby. I was thinking about Bobby Slick Leonard, the former coach of the ABA Pacers, who became the play-by-play man for the Pacers in, in the 80s. And I remember Slick talking about uh, ABA players didn't get paid much. They got paid a few thousand dollars a year. Um, yeah, the ABA but was the, the ABA was anything but flush. Right. And so uh, like the fine for throwing an elbow into an opposing player was twenty five dollars. And people wonder why fights broke out on the floor. Oh, it's only gonna cost me twenty five bucks. Here you go, pal. And, and and the Pacers were known for throwing elbows. Um, I went to an ABA game and a fight broke out. Hockey yeah. I went to a hockey game. And I went to a fight. I went to a fight. And an, I went to a fight and an ABA game broke out. Yeah. Right. But uh, a lot of people, and having grown up in that era. In Indiana, where high school basketball is a religion, you follow the Pacers. And the ABA had a team in the common poverty of Kentucky called the Kentucky Colonels. And they were the arch nemesis of the Pacers. So whenever the Colonels were in Indianapolis, there was always going to be a fight. I'm surprised it isn't. Uh, 
didn't bring the police in to clear the floor, um, it, it got that nasty. But uh, the uh, the thing of it is the uh, how stupidity is celebrated in in, 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 in maggot state is breathtaking, Robin. Uh, and you have some people standing up to it, but not nearly what you think. Um, when there were a lot of uh, Black Lives Matter protests a couple of years, summers ago, uh, uh, there was a big one here in Indianapolis. So much so that, well, they called out the National Guard. And I know because I live near the Indianapolis heliport and they were flying out of the heliport. You saw our National Guard helicopters taking off and landing constantly during that. And, uh, it was a powder keg. And none of, none of those currents had stopped. None of the fascist currents, none of the anti-fascist currents. And by the way, I'm as anti-fascist as, as my brother is a goose-stepping moron. Um, maybe I should look over at him and read what the... Uh, what that official in Germany was talking about, and she was reading the reasons why they were making all those arrests. They're going to sue the government's going to stop and then go, dude, that's from a German government official on the day they rounded up a bunch of fascists. Because my brother never wants to identify as a fascist. But he's more than happy to go along with the program. He's going to be one of those guys that, you know, Pat and dragged out of, out of the house to go to the camps. Well, how did you not know this was going on? That, that kind of thing. I can see my brother being in that crowd. But um, I'm dreading this Christmas. I am absolutely dreading this Christmas because it's going to be at my sister's, and I love my sister dearly, but my brother brings down the festivities in a hurry. I went with Christine on the 4th of July, and all he could talk about was the China virus and all this shit, and he was drunker than shit. And he's just as much a sovereign citizen. But it pushed her. Kathy says the only reason she thinks Bob didn't go to Washington is he was working that way. Well, on a practical basis, Dave, it is your sister's house. And she has every right in the room, yeah. in, in the, she has every right in the world to look at your brother 
and to look at everybody else and say, we will talk about lots of things over the holiday dinner table. We will not, talk, we will not talk politics. And if you insist on talking politics, yeah. don't come. I don't talk, talk politics. I know you don't. Or Easter or any of the holidays. But, Robin, I swear to God, that that man is... I'm going to lose my, my, my shit and I'm going to catch the charge if he gets up in my face a few more times. Yeah, I, no, I, I get that. It, because you you under you understand the uh, the basic principle, the person who commits the uh, who commits the per- the first personal foul doesn't get the flag, the person who responds does. Yeah. No, I, th- I think I think you would be I think you would actually be well advised, and you might actually be a a friend to a happy holiday if you talk to your sister and said, listen. You need to you need to check him before he gets through the door, and make sure none of that crap's going to be talked about. Yeah, yeah. The the other complicating issue there is um, when it comes to vaccines, he and Christine are on the same page, and that. While irritating, I just kind of bite my lip and go, okay, let's just get the monkey and get out of here. Uh, you know. Um, but I'm tired of, of being thought of as, as weak because I'm polite. I mean, my like you say, it's my sister's house, my brother-in-law's house. And they want everybody to have a good time, enjoy themselves. And my sister knows my low alcohol tolerance. She offered me a beer on the 4th of July, and she said, you're only getting one. I said, I understand, because more than one of well, Dave's under the table at that point. Um, it's probably one of the reasons I'm not an alcoholic. I did not inherit my grandfather's tolerance for uh, for alcohol, and so uh, I just don't. I thought I was going to lose my shit on the Fourth of July, but I will. I will see about talking to Kathy before before Christmas, and. Um, I'm going to talk to Christine too because Bob can bait her into a a conversation and he gets into this well I was in the military and I'm a patriot shit and she calls him out because she's a disabled veteran and she you can of the Robin she looked over at my brother and said, you're no patriot. You're a disgrace to the uniform that she wants for. And she just laid into him for whale shit, verbally. 
And he drew back a bloody stump. And I just stepped back because this was her thing, you know. But him not to do that around Christine, unless she's been drinking. So I'm going to talk to Christine and ask her, don't get into it with him. Look over at him and say, it's Christmas. Read it. My gift to you is not taking your bait. Right. And oh, by the way, if you want to have this conversation tomorrow, you know where I live. I'd I'd even leave that part out. But at some point, you've got to confront these people. You really do. And the ones you can get to the easiest are the ones you're related to. And I know there are some people say, you have to pull a gun. Well, I don't own a firearm, never have and never will. Um, first off, I'm far-sighted in one eye and near-sighted in the other. You don't want me to have a firearm. Uh, not to mention I have a tendency to drop things. And firearms have a nasty habit of discharging when they get jarred around. And now, see, I've been around enough firearms to know you're talking. You're talking. Yeah, you're talking because, about. You're talking about that phenomenon, first identified by our, our pal Joy in Ann Arbor, known as "Oops, Blam, Pray." Yeah, and I've almost been a victim of that. Well, look, uh, Stuart, in, Stuart Rhodes. Stuart Rhodes recently convicted of seditious conspiracy. Um, you know, he he shows up with his little black eye patch on because he's such a damn doofus. That even you know, even though he's a free percenter or an oath keeper or whatever, somehow or another, uh, he managed to fumble his firearm and well, just like that film with which you're oh so familiar, hey kid, you'll shoot your eye out. Right, right. Uh, well, we're talking the 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 uh, the, uh, the that holiday special. With the uh, with the special lamp lighting and everything, our Christmas story. Uh, yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I thought. Although, I wonder if Bob will follow for fall for the stick your tongue on the frozen flagpole bit. That'd be fun. I mean, he's only he's only fifty three now. I think he's still young enough to fall for that one. Uh, you know, I I don't think his grandson, who's five, would, but uh, but I, I think Grandpa still. 
because Bob's never been that bright. Um, but no, uh, I don't know if this is going to be a guy that can even be reached because at one time a couple of years ago, he walked into my sister's house starts yelling at her about her haircut and how she looks too much like uh, Hillary Rodham Clinton and starts going off on her in her own house. And I said, Kathy, why don't you just tell them to stay the fuck away? But when the holidays come around and because Bob is going to come and get Chris and I, she tolerates it. And I'm like, I think what I'm going to have to say to my sister is, if you feel like he's going to be a pain in the ass about it, then, uh, you know, Chris and I can celebrate her trailer or, or here in the blind uh, quite happily. And, you know, we did it last year. We did it during COVID. Um, and so I'll probably call Kathy next week and find out what the plans are for Christmas. Because yeah, she plan early. Plan early. And then I can tell Chris, you know, hey, if he if he gets into it, just shut him down because he's got me to a point where um, he and I had a text exchange that would appeal paint, Robin, a couple of years ago, and. Um, I'm perfectly happy spending my Christmas at home rather than deal with issues like him. Well, but I—I I mean, it, I get that, but I hate—I hate—I hate for your sister to have to deal with it too, and I know you do as well. Well, the the thing is, her her in-laws are very nice people. Um, my brother-in-law Scott is a, a, a Lego. And I saw on YouTube where these guys have done a deep fake of a Star Wars Millennium Falcon, Lego Millennium Falcon, being thrown down a set of stairs. And then they showed how they did it. And I, I oh, saw the cute. deep fake first. I saw the deep fake first. And I thought, oh, Scott's going to have it. Kyle saying that he's got an extensive collection and he would probably, you know, melt into a puddle saying something like that, knowing the kind of work that goes into those. Um, so, but I will, I will talk to you later, Robin, but, but, all right, Dave, you have yourself a wonderful evening. You too. And, uh, and, uh, 
think about finding a corrosion uh, proof straw. I have a feeling you might need to buy like a, a gross of them. Oh, I'm and I'm buying a case of I'm buying a case of Jeroboam's of uh, uh, rot gut tequila for the uh, moment when the Republicans take over the House. I may not be sober for months on end. Well, see, that that's why I demanded from the Secret Service 445. Because, well, yeah, to tell you the truth, this last week, uh, Nit Whitner has been trying to sneak in and break into my liquor cabinet. Uh, I don't know why, but, but yeah, he, he did. And uh, he's such a petulant baby. I mean, I, I made lunch, peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Eric was taking his nap, and of course, Trump was, Donnie was, uh, and I'm like, look, Eric just laid down for his nap. If you wake him up, no. Uh, then he threatened to throw poo on the wall, and they threatened to make him clean that out himself. But, uh, they don't pay me enough for that job. They really don't. I really need to renegotiate my contract. Maybe I can give them a tour of the, of the shop. You know, maybe give them a test crucifixion or something. Yeah, you you'll, have to you, you'll have to clear that with Gladys. Oh, and she's not a big fan of dying. No. Eric? Eric? She thinks Eric's a sweet boy. He always what he's told. She has no problem with him. But Donnie? Donnie's an entirely different child. All right, Robin. I'll talk to you later. All right. You be good, Dave. Hang in there. Make your advanced Thanks. plans. Talk to you later. Thanks. Bye now. Bye. Our buddy Dave in the blind. I do not envy Dave with what he is contemplating, and at least I'm probably not going to be dealing with anything like that. Uh, fun fact, and I did not know this, because I went looking. Uh, I'd heard somewhere that Marginal Trailer Queen, that well, I think it was Steve in New York who said that that wasn't really a Georgia accent because she isn't really from Georgia. But her bio says she was born in, like, Alpharetta or whatever. And as Ron and Raleigh pointed out, she couldn't get any political traction whatsoever in the greater Atlanta metro area. And what? She's got uh, relatives in Baldwin County, she said, whatever. But somewhere along the way, she picked up a not-Georgia accent. I say all of that as preface to something that Dave number 11 just sent along. Another fun fact, Marginal Trailer Queen is reportedly worth $41 million. And I guess that's why she got that whopping big PPP loan back during the pandemic, back when we were 
not being protected against the virus by masks because, as she said, if a pair of thick cotton underwear can't protect you from a fart, how can a mask protect you from a virus? Makes my head hurt just to think about that. Oy. Oh, and, and, and thanks, by the way, to uh, Terry in Saigon and Tom in Sunny San Rafael. Uh, both of them have gone and uh, gone looking for the Accurate Message app, and I will pass this along to uh, to Tom. Uh, Terry said, uh, uh, I just downloaded the Accurate Message app from the Google Play Store. However, I was unsuccessful in creating an account. This app is not ready for prime time. Thomas needs to get an app designer who is competent. And uh, Tom and Sonny San Rafael said, uh, I, don't li- I downloaded it yesterday. It didn't come right up on my initial search on Google Play, but then I spelled it with a capital A and a capital M. And if I recall, no space between. And it appeared. I haven't tried it yet, but it's on my phone right now. Well, thanks, Tom. Thank you very much. And thanks to Terry. Uh, I know that Thomas will be happy to have the... Uh, happy to have the feedback so all these things are more complicated than my little blonde brain can uh, begin to comprehend here's a little here's a little fun by the way both phone lines are open if you want to jump into the conversation you're mightily welcome so to do Here's a fun one. In the aftermath of Nitwit Nero declaring he sought the, he, he did, did, well, demanding the termination of the Constitution, uh, you remember that picture of Bishop Willard having dinner with Nitwit Nero, where Nitwit Nero is, st- is staring the camera straight on, uh, like the, like, like some sort of, uh, devil and Bishop Willard has, is, is turned obliquely and looking over his shoulder with a look that for all the world says help me please yeah, you remember the fly right well Bishop Willard is feeling uh, a little froggy uh, emboldened as it were According to a report in the uh, Huffington Post this past Monday, Bishop Willard, talking to Capitol Hill reporters, said, Well, the Republican Party is the Constitution Party, so when he calls to suspend the Constitution, he goes from being MAGA to being rhino. You know, Republican in name only. (sighs) Bearding the wounded lion, are we... uh, uh, (laughs) Well... He's probably got additional courage from that binder full of women. Binders. Binders full of women. And, uh, uh, Shorty, uh, you be careful. I just got uh, a note from Shorty uh, about her um, living circumstances there in the nursing home. Um, we've got an outbreak in our facility. The nursing home that I'm in is experiencing two major outbreaks, COVID-19 and influenza. Of course, there's 
and it's not strictly because of population. I'm sure it has an effect, but um, flu spread in California is truly awful right now. Shorty says they've reopened doors for visitors. What the heck for? This is the dumbest thing ever. Are they looking for more so-called funding or what? Patients who did get this message are furious. It's a phone message. There has to be some rich person that wants visitors at the risk of us other patients. I'm contacting the health department. That red zone sign is a whole lot closer to our room now. This is a one. This is 100% conscious stupidity. Uh, she knows the same thing happened on Thanksgiving, and now all of us are in isolation. Do what you do what you have to do to stay safe, Shorty. Please do, dear. Please. And thanks for letting uh, letting us know. Uh, look for uh, the right wing, uh, the right wing sewer to start, if they haven't already, uh, blathering nonstop about uh, a report from the House Ethics Committee. They uh, they they said in a statement today that they're investigating. Oh God, it's going to be twenty four seven. Any, any well, actually, no, it's not. Any time they're not talking about. Hunter Biden, Hunter Biden, they'll be talking about AOC because um, the House Ethics Committee has opened an ethics investigation regarding AOC. And, of course, the uh, acting chair, Susan Wilde of Pennsylvania and ranking member Michael Guest of Mississippi, made a point of noting that an investigation does not itself indicate that any violation has occurred or reflect any judgment on behalf of the committee. But that statement will be utterly meaningless as far as, you know, the sewer is concerned. You know, your Tucker, your testicle toasting Tucky O'Rose Carlson's and Frau Ingram and uh, Stevie Three shirts and the like. It'll it, it, it'll it'll be nonstop. It'll be like general quarters on a freaking aircraft carrier. Ugh. Just you heard it here first. On the other hand, and this is terribly interesting. Nitwit Nero's pettifoggers. Probably still waiting for that check to clear. Well, they hired a a team to go through some 3,000 pounds. Yes, pounds. 3,000 pounds of uh, documents, pallets of boxes that were sent from Virginia to to a storage unit. And it's all papers that were stolen by Donald Trump from the White House. 
And so today came the news that, lo and behold, that outside team has found at least two more classified items that, well, we're just sitting in a storage unit or... Um, Back in July 2021, the General Services Administration rented a storage unit at a private facility where they could stick the uh, items that Nitwit Nero's minions were using in Northern Virginia after he exited stage right, the White House. They came from Virginia to the storage unit. It did not come with a catalog of the items. Oh, God. Uh, One person speaking to the Washington Post said, I was suits and swords and wrestling belts and all sorts of things. To my knowledge, he's never even been to that storage unit. I don't think anyone in Trump world could tell you what's in that storage unit. But he, he, he apparently he kept stuff squirreled away all over the place, and probably well, we've talked about this in the past. Uh, probably six feet under the surface of a uh, bed monster there, with the ashy remains of Ivana Trump, who somehow managed to fall down a, a flight of stairs and leave a coffee cup sitting undisturbed. At the bottom. Read the book. Jesus. But yeah, the uh, the, the 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 people inventorying the stuff have found a couple more classified, and I, I find it interesting that they're described as classified items as opposed to classified documents. What do you suppose that means? Classified items. Could that, is that a classified thumb drive? Or a classified uh, solid-state external drive? I, I, I got nothing. Hey, thanks, Jude. Jude just sent a lovely photo along from her front yard. Uh, Mount Rainier whose peak is obscured by a ban- by a uh, layer of clouds that are lower than the peak of Mount Rainier. That is, that is breathtakingly beautiful, Jude. Thank you. She said, Rainier presents majestically even with the heavy cloud covering. Uh, Ralph says, uh, supposedly Trump's people searched Bedminster and Trump Tower. There's no indication where this stuff came from. It was just over in Virginia. And then they shipped it to the storage unit. Classified items. Time Magazine is out with its person of the year. Not surprisingly, and arguably fittingly, it doesn't come with any money or anything, but uh, the person of the year for 2022 is Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky. Uh, And uh, with an additional uh, citation for the spirit of Ukraine. 
for their determined resistance to the aggression of Mother Russia. Time Editor-in-Chief Edward Felsenthal said that uh, Vladimir Zelensky's decision to remain in Kiev proved fateful. Felsenthal noted, whether the battle for Ukraine fills one with hope or with fear, Vladimir Zelensky galvanized the world in a way we haven't seen in decades. And said, as far as the spirit of Ukraine was concerned, there were countless individuals inside and outside the country who've been fighting behind the scenes, including everyday people like chefs and surgeons. I got to say, this is an improvement over last year's person of the year. Because last year's person of the year, for time, proving that they occasionally get it right and just as often get it wrong. And it's not, a person of the year doesn't mean any, someone is good, it just means they are incredibly noteworthy. Last year's person of the year was Napoleon Bonapartheid. Zelensky is a considerable improvement. And from the Department of Y'all, they're going to do it again. Also from West Virginia. Enter Derek Evans. Derek Evans just got done doing 90 days in jail. Why does that sound like uh, a lyric from Mama Tried? Doing life without parole. Mama tried. Mama, no singing. We need to raise one hundred and thirty dollars quickly. Um, yeah, I got about thirty-three minutes to raise one hundred and thirty-three dollars and finish off the challenges from uh, from Cat in Ohio and from Ralphs. Ten pe- like I said earlier, ten people at thirteen bucks. But no, no, uh, Derek Evans got ninety days in the stir. For, I love this line, his leadership role in organizing the attack on the Capitol. In other words, Derek Evans is a goddamn terrorist, and he got 90 days for, for, for a substantial role in organizing the terrorist attack on the Capitol of the United States. 90 days. Prosecutor Catherine Fifield, uh, at the time of his conviction, said he was a leader in this riot. He was a leader on the ground. He was a leader on social media, and he was a leader in his state. Naturally, uh, the folks over at that uh, uh, that podcast run by Stevie Three Shirts, the man who looks like rancid hot dog water smells, uh, they uh, made sure a reporter, one David Brody, got in touch with uh, Derek Evans. and He said, uh, well, so uh, after going to the Capitol on January 6th and everything that happened, I never really thought about getting into national politics till all this happened. 
And then just people reaching out over the last year, you know, almost two years now, saying, you know, hey, you need to take this a step further. You need to go run. Represent us in D.C. We want a fighter such as yourself. Trust me, as a West Virginian, no one ever looks at someone and says, we need a fighter such as yourself. I mean, they might say, you know, we need you, we, we need you to run fight for this. I could, you know, there's a Reddit out, the subreddit out there called That Happened. And a lot of entries for That Happened over at Reddit, the, the, the remark with the posting will say, and then everyone clapped. We want a fighter such as yourself. And I kept telling everyone that I wanted to wait until I got all this prison sentence behind me. Prison. He went to jail, not prison. A prison sentence would have been more than a year. He probably should have done 10 or 12, but, well, this is Merca where we blink at treason. Where we chuckle merrily up our sleeves at sedition. I kept telling everyone I wanted to wait until I got all this prison sentence behind me, you know. And think about with my family and recess and everything. And now that I got that over with, I thought it was at least time to form an exploratory committee, see what kind of support we have. And I was mind blown with the amount of support that I got on the very first day. Okay, let's suss this out. He knows that there will be an opening in the district, uh, the congressional district that is represented by Alex Looney Mooney because Alex has done found him some, well, I guess he scratched around back home in Maryland where he's actually from and, and, and fa found, him, found him some extra ambition. And so he jumped out there right quick to become the first major politician to announce that he was going to run in the Republican primary for the Senate seat presently occupied by Joe to the mansion born. Incidentally, I had a conversation with Steve from Georgia Stan last night in, in which he said, I never thought I'd live to see the day that Georgia was represented by two Democrats and said, you're up, Robin. Time to do something about mansion. And I, well, Steve's a dear friend. And I said, you don't understand. Because I love you, Steve. I do. Um, if we replace Joe Manchin, and, and oh, God, somebody will probably call me a neoliberal establishment shill or something. Like Goddamn neoliberal establishment shill. But I'm far from it. And I'm not saying I'm voting for him. But the fact of the matter is, if a Democrat represents, put, put, put dick finger quotes around Democrat, represents West Virginia going forward in 2025 in the Senate, that person will be Joe Manchin. Unless there's somebody out there with, with, with spaceship money and a hell of a sharp team. Because we've been over this before, 
Joe Manchin will be senator from West Virginia as long as Joe Manchin wishes to be senator from West Virginia. Unless he is beaten by some Republican. And any Republican who beats Joe Manchin will make Joe Manchin look like Bernie Sanders. Okay? Please understand that. Please. And if somebody comes along from some out-of-state group saying, oh, we found somebody to primary Joe Manchin, understand that that's going to be a scam. They'll raise money on the back of the sacrificial lamb, and they'll send it out of state to support other candidates. And they'll use a little bit of it to actually pay the candidate to be the sacrificial lamb. So by way of sorting all of this out, Derek Evans knows that Looney Mooney is abandoning his seat in the House of Representatives. That means in 2024, we'll have Carol Crazy Cat Lady Miller, who prays to Jesus before every vote, she says, and Jesus always tells her to vote Republican, and the seat will be open uh, that Looney Mooney is vacating. So Derek Evans, having done his 90 days in the stir, is going to run for that open seat. And he's got better. Than, he's got a better than even chance, unless uh, one of the more well-known Republican legislators in this state decides to run for it. Could it could be an absolute free-for-all? Hey, I, no, no, I don't. No, I can't run for it. I live in Carol Miller's district. Damn it. It may prove to be hell among the yearlings. And see, he was a member of the House of Delegates in West Virginia, Derek Evans was, when he decided to uh, participate and help organize a terrorist attack on the Constitution and constitutional governance itself and the seat thereof, i.e., to wit, the capital of the United States of America in an effort to prevent the certification of the election of Joe Biden to the presidency of the United States. You could say he's probably a slightly older version of Herr Kyle Rattenhaus. He has formed an exploratory committee now that he is out of jail. With a misdemeanor rap. Can anybody help me sort that out? The prosecutor said, like I mentioned earlier, quote, he was a leader in this riot, he was a leader on the ground, he was a leader on social media, and he was a leader in his state. How do you wind up only charging a misdemeanor in that instance? Uh, did he turn out not to be one of the goons who shit on the floor of the Capitol and 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 and, and painted cubist art in it? I'm at a loss. Now, granted, 
Stewart Roads may go up for a while uh, in the Federal uh, Bureau of Prisons. Actually go to prison, not jail like uh, Derek Evans did and oh so many others, you know, the QAnon shaman and the like. But what's the decision process there? And if further evidence were to be developed, could Derek Evans be charged with a felony, or does, or is that, or would that be double jeopardy? Well, it wouldn't be double jeopardy if it was a different charge that involved different elements. You see. But God, that's annoying. Not, not the least of which because it's West Virginia. And with mm, a few minutes left in the program, it's probably best that we go over. Uh, I said I would be taking one for the team today. I didn't get to listen to the arguments in Moore versus North Carolina. But uh, there probably has not been a more momentous argument before the Supreme Court in this country in a very long while than the case they heard today. We talked about it some yesterday. It's that here we go, loop-de-loop, independent state legislature theory that says that state legislatures... Uh, are the only body that can opine about electoral processes in a state. That, in fact, a state, uh, a state Supreme Court has no power to look at a, uh, an absolutely ridiculously gerrymandered map that, the, that the, the Republicans even admit outright they did for racist purposes... that the Supreme Court has no right to strike down manifestations of overt racism. All of this gets set in motion, of course, by old balls and strikes John Roberts, who declared in, what was it, McCutcheon, that there is no racism in America anymore and flung the barn doors open for racism in elections to run absolutely batshit crazy wild across the Confederacy. And so now here we are. Well, those arguments were heard today. And there may be cause for just the tiniest bit of hope not a lot, but some. Because most of the most of the reporting that I have seen on this indicates that the handmaid and Brett Kavanaugh are a little bit skeptical about letting them uh, letting the uh, independent state legislature theory enter our jurisprudence in unvarnished form.
as we noted yesterday, Ann's boy Neil Gorsuch, who once voted that a black man, a black man who drove a truck should freeze to death in his truck rather than go for help. Great guy, Neil. Um, as well as Sammy Bad Breath and Clarence Pubes on the Coke Can Fappy Thomas. Well, they're they're all ready to embrace the independent state legislature cockamamie bullshit theory in toto. At one point in time, the notion was the sort of thing that one only talked about in hushed tones when one knew that one was only speaking with people who were absolutely as batshit crazy as they were. No more. Not as of today. Uh, Being the three smartest people on the court in today's arguments, uh, Justices Sotomayor and Kagan and Ketanji Brown-Jackson, all said, you know, this could create a real mess. Elena Kagan observed, this is a proposal that gets rid of the normal checks and balances on the way big governmental decisions are made in this country. And you might think that it gets rid of all those checks and balances at exactly the time when they're needed most. They argue, the, the, the arguments went on today for three solid hours. Uh, old balls and strikes seem to be a little bit skeptical. And it's all based on, a, uh, on the elections clause in the Constitution that merely says that the time, place, and manner of federal elections shall be prescribed in each state by the legislature thereof. That does not, however, give the legislature the power to do arguably illegal or discriminatory things. It will be a nerve-wracking time waiting to see how this is is is, is devised or, or decided. You can almost imagine the conversations taking place in chambers. Yeah. Were you fuckers paying attention on January sixth? Did you happen to notice what was going down there? Did you see him set up a gallows for Nancy Pelosi and Mike Pence? Did you think that was interesting and needed to happen again? Uh, Brat said, uh, the historical practice has been that nearly all state constitutions regulate federal elections in some way. And that that serves as a, uh, serves to undermine the argument that it can do whatever it wants. But the reason I worry goes back to Dobbs, as so much of modern jurisprudence likely will. 
and I'm not talking about the body of the holding in Dobbs. I'm talking about how Dobbs came about. You've got three justices who are hardcore believers in this cockamamie horseshit. Again, Gorsuch, Slappy, and Sammy. The two who seem somewhat skeptical are more noobs than those three, Gorsuch uh, having seniority just by a little bit. And if what I think actually happened with the leaking of the Dobbs decision is true, i.e. that Sammy Badbreath was the one who leaked the draft opinion in order to harden support for the opinion by letting the world know that uh, the handmaid and Brat and he, Sammy, and Fappy and Gorsuch were all on board with declaring, as the dissent noted, that from the moment of fertilization, a woman has no rights to speak of, then we already have evidence that Sammy Badbreath is willing to bully his colleagues into going along with him. Old Balls and Strikes went along with it, but only insofar as he filed a concurring decision, making it 6-3 instead of 5-4 in Dobbs. He's the Chief Justice, and that conveys at least some nominal degree of authority or, or gravity to what he says. But because he's the elder on the court, once that 5-4 group was, 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 was created, that gave Fappy the power to, tell, to say who would write the Dobbs decision, and who he chose, of course, was Sammy Badbreath. And if everything is as I think it is, or was, we can expect something similar. I don't think anybody will leak the Dobbs draft or, or the uh, Moore draft, but I think everything that went on behind the leak will take place. Sammy and Neil and Fappy will do everything in their power to threaten and cajole and, uh, cajole and bully and browbeat those two pathetic, weak minds namely the handmaid and brat, and hope that if they can get them on board with the wholesale uh, approval of the independent state legislature theory, that John Roberts, for the sake of comity and collegiality, will at least come along to the extent in concurrence that he did in Dobbs. And given what 
weaklings they are, I don't know if the three brilliant women in the dissenting group will be able to stir a religious maniac like Brat or the Handmaid. I don't know about you, but I don't feel good about it. And everything that hangs upon this is nothing short of the future of the United States of America. CNN reported Barrett seemed troubled by the distinction lawmakers were trying to make between non-legislative state entities being able to weigh in on procedural matters around how federal elections were run versus the substantive matters around elections being uh, being out of those entities' reach. Brat, on the other hand, said he thought the legislature was overreaching in how it was relying on a concurrence from then Chief Justice William Rehnquist in Bush v. Gore. Oh, really? Bush v. Gore? Bush v. Gore that has the statement in it that says, this one's a one-off and should never be cited for nothing, no how, no way, never, not, 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 no. That Bush v. Gore? That Bush v. Gore. And I will reiterate at this point in time that given the fact that in 2000, William Rehnquist was an absolutely hopeless opioid addict, a junkie in the common parlance. Every word he ever wrote whilst he was an addict should be subject to scrutiny. Especially this one. And I'm not being holier than thou, and I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not being insensitive to problems of addiction. But addiction is not known for fostering cogent thought. And so I kind of wonder if uh, KBJ or Kagan or Sotomayor will... Brad... Amy, come here. Bill Rehnquist was a junkie. He engaged in junkie thinking. Do you really want to give the very foundational basis of this country over to the ramblings of a junkie? I mean, I'm not, I'm not being, uh, you know, I'm not being ugly to the memory of Bill Rehnquist. He was a horrible justice. He was a racist. And therefore, he was exactly what the Republicans were looking for. But he had problems with persistent pain. I acknowledge that. But I'm not the one sitting here saying that he had a horrible problem with opioids. This is in the record. 
This is a known true fact, as it were. And this case gives me the blind shivers. If any of us in this community have ever dealt with problems of addiction, you know what it does to the process of cognition. Way, way, way back when William S. Burroughs wrote Naked Lunch, in it he describes a theory which he calls the algebra of need. And within that theory is the idea that the algebra of need, namely addiction, will inform and color every other aspect of a human being's very existence. And he wasn't wrong. William S. Burroughs described the algebra of need. He said, I simply meant that given certain known factors in an equation and the equation comprising a situation of absolute need, any form of need, you can predict the results. Leave a sick junkie in the back room of a drugstore and only one result is possible. The more absolute the need, the more predictable the behavior becomes until it is mathematically certain. That was 1966. And if you apply that to William Rehnquist and his addiction and his pre-existing predilection for racism and right-wing vicious conservatism. You can see how in his opioid-induced haze he might find a... he, he might find it palatable to simply say this was 2000 and they were installing George W. Bush as President of the United States, even though George W. Bush did not win the presidency of the United States, even though the vote counting in Florida was stopped. And William Rehnquist in his addiction and because he was a die-hard hard-right conservative may have imagined how good it would be if state legislatures could just make sure that there would never be another Democrat in the White House. And make no mistake that that is what the theory under consideration in Moore seeks to do 
by virtue of his junky maunderings. So that's it. Um, Ron and Raleigh says, Bush v. Gore. We knew when the court said Bush v. Gore wouldn't be used as precedent that that blather was bullshit. Said it then, say it now. You're absolutely right, Ron. But like I said, so that's it. And uh, okay, well, no, we're not done yet. Dave, number eleven. Hello. You know where I can get fixed? The start of every conversation I ever had with a user. Junk forever rules. And my God, when you look at the independent state legislature theory, you are looking at the political version of the hottest dose this country has ever had. Thanks for that, Dave. That's absolutely, that was perfectly timed. Thank you. And so uh, we come to the end of the program. We find ourselves still desperately trying to get down to 890. If somewhere between now and tomorrow $130 shows up, we will be at 890 tomorrow. Actually, no, we'll be at 1190 tomorrow. God, it could so. But anyway. We're trying to, just going to keep going. Thank you to all of our Patreon and PayPal subscribers. Rocco, I was so sorry to see you go as a subscriber. Thank you, though. Thank you. To our a la carte contributors, thank you to each and every one of you who shares your precious finite time engaging in this program in whatever manner you so choose. Thank you to our all-volunteer staff. Thank you, Roger, in the chat room this evening. I don't know if Steve showed up or ever came along or not. Um, thank you if you did. Thank you to our news ninjas. Thank you, Brother Deacon Asa, head on dot live. Remember, I hope, brand new Fresh Malloy on the way, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 6 p.m. Pacific. The best place to listen to the first run of Malloy is head on dot live. Especially because no commercials, Exxon, Mobile, or otherwise. Thank you, John Fox in Australia. Thank you, Ben Birch, WhiteRoseSociety.org. Thanks to the hardest working, bravest people I know, the folks at Coal River Mountain Watch, CRMW.net, 20 plus years at the forefront of the struggle for human rights and environmental justice in Appalachia. And a proud union shop, almost a year now. Please stay safe, get your booster, get your flu shot, wipe down your surfaces. Wear your mask when you're among the great maggot unwashed and unvaxxed. Wash your hands, don't touch your face, use your hand sanitizer, keep your social distance 15 to 20 feet like Paul from Parts Unknown says. And if some bleach blonde comes burbling and babbling down the sidewalk saying, uh, I was insulted they didn't invite me to campaign for Herschel, <sighs> avoid her like the plague, because she is 
And always, 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 Gina, it's all for you. Later.